0: I won't lie, there's one thing I wanted this podcast to be, and it was about more of the the philosophy of the culture that we're actually running into right now. And I, I didn't really, it this didn't come to light because I was always busy with the news, and then I would mix some news with philosophy, and it, it just never turned out. Well, now I'm writing a book and I've decided, you know something, I, I I need to finish this book and I'm spending five days a week working on this podcast. And I decided, you know what, let's just go back to the philo- philo- uh, philosophy that is necessary, that I wanted it to be. So I decided, let's take a look at culture on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Let's talk news on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and we can. I can throw my two cents in and you make you hopefully make you think. So, today we're going to take a look at some culture. Thank you, Vox.com, because they got a hell of a lot of left wing culture that is now part of the mainstream. So Let's talk about Richard Ramirez. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Just had a nice long talk with Dave. We, I, he centered me, and I feel good about it. And here's something I'm gonna tell you. Uh, I'm gonna start talking more about culture, and the reason I want to talk about more about culture is because. I think that I really... The, the meaning of this podcast was to be more philosophical than news. And I think I moved into the news portion of this podcast. It's, and that's not a thing I wanted. You've got Ben Shapiro. You've got um, Dave Rubin. You've got Steven Crowder. You've got people who know more about the news. But I think I want to talk about more about philosophy culture and where we're going with this. So I've decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we're going to talk about news. But on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to go into culture and talk about culture. And this should be really easy because the culture has become weird. The culture has mainstream thought is not a thing anymore so let's start with this uh last week josie and i watched a netflix miniseries called the night stalker the hunt for a serial killer actually i saw this twice because josie fell asleep once and i had to leave my place once and so she didn't see it uh I watched it a third time simply because I needed to talk about it here, Um, but I was transfixed and I was transfixed for a reason. Um, Way back when, I'm old, I remember 1985, I was 17 years old, Um, I lived in Los Angeles. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, was a serious problem. Now, Josie was only six years old, so she and she lived in San Diego, so she has no idea why I was really curious about this whole case. Um, the news at the time was insane. This guy was walk, breaking into houses, typically because a window was unlocked, a door was unlocked, a screen door was unlocked. And he would walk in and do unspeakable horrors to people. And this happened for about a year, but it happened every few days. So every day you watch the news and you heard about the Night Stalker. And they had a lots of different names. Night Stalker is the only one I really remember. Now this documentary, and the Night Stalker ended up being a guy named Richard Ramirez, who was a horrid, horrid human being. Trust me, when I read this article, I'm going to tell you he was a horrid, horrid human being. Um, I recommend this documentary as far as true crime stories go. I love true crime stories. And it was excellent. There were a lot of... Uh, thing skipped especially when it comes to the crimes themselves uh it, because the crimes themselves were really brutal i'm gonna sit back and mention the brutality of these crimes and richard ramirez who was a seriously twisted human being no Richard Ramirez was an animal. He was filth. But outside of the fact that they didn't talk about all of his crimes, the story was pretty accurate. And it was told from the perspective of the police officers that actually went out and did the investigation. Now, let's let's get this clear. Richard Ramirez is dead. He died of cancer. I hope he suffered for 10 years with cancer. I hope it was painful. I hope he suffered. And he's burning in hell now. But the actual investigation took a full year. And the police, what they did was remarkable. And the police suffered. But the left-wing news outlets, Vox, which is what I am going to reference, had a problem with this. One could tell there through the title, Night Stalker Review, Netflix Misguided Night Stalker Series Treats Cops Like Gods by Aja Romano. Um, by the way, you're, if you read this on dumbasstalkingpolitics.com, yeah, the grammar is correct. That's what Fox does. They made Richard Ramirez into kind of a victim and they started bitching that the police were demagogues. Okay, so what we're going to do is, this is what I love about this segment. We're going to read this article and we're going to talk about it. Okay, so let's read what Ajaj does. Ajaj Romano, whatever I I don't know. Let's talk about what he actually said. So here is the first section of his. And by the way, I am gonna skip some of his article because it's just reviewing the story, and we don't need to hear that because. Honestly, you should actually. Honestly, you should watch the story. It's a great story. Okay, so here we go. Okay, here we go. The climatic climactic moment of Netflix true crime docu series Night Stalker, the hunt for a serial serial killer, is probably supposed to feel cathartic. In final min, in the final minutes of the four part series third installment, San Francisco detective Frank Falzon recalls how he tracked down a friend of the California serial killer whose string of attacks throughout 1984 and 1985 made him a household name among true crime followers. Falzon describes this mo- moment with relish almost four decades later. In his recounting, the friend who'd originally contacted police himself with a tip about the Night Stalker's identity, hold on, that's bullshit, balked when Falzon asked him to re- reveal the Night Stalker's full name. So Falzon forcibly dragged the friend, turned informant into his police car, threatened him, and punched him in the face. This is a lie. This is an absolute 100% lie. That's not what happened, and that's not what the movie said happened. As a matter of fact, Falzon said that he felt bad for hitting the guy in the face. But let's talk about what actually happened with Richard Ramirez and this guy. So here's the thing. They had an idea. They had no idea who Richard Ramirez was. So let's go to the first part. A woman calls saying her father, who was homeless, might be hanging out with Ramirez at Skin Row at Skid Row in Los Angeles. Police find the man, and he admits that Ramirez confessed his murders. He said that Ramirez gave him a gun which matched the murders, and he sold it to someone in Tijuana. Police fly to Tijuana and get the gun. They also find a radio that matched the serial number of one that was stolen. During one of the murders. At this point. They know. That Richard Ramirez. Is the murderer. But they only know him as Rick. So let's get to where this idiot. Actually. uh Ajah. Actually sits back. And and comes up with what he said. The informant gives. uh, There's an informant. And ...that gives a bracelet to police. Now, the informant has nothing to do with Ramirez. The police questioned a woman... ...who owned the bracelet... ...and said it was a gift to her from her boyfriend. Now, the police already know that this bracelet... ...was actually stolen by Ramirez... ...during one of his murders. The boyfriend was... ...then confronted by the police... And as told, hey, your buddy is murdering people and stealing their shit. The buddy said, I'm not telling you. The police smacked him. Then he screamed like a big fucking wimp. It was Richard Ramirez. It was Richard Ramirez. Now, right off the bat, these this is the first two paragraphs that um, Ajaj, let's look him up again, that Ajaj actually came up with. And guess what? He's already invalidated his entire argument because he lied not only about what happened in the Richard Ramirez case, But he lied about what happened in the movie. The docuseries. You can watch the docuseries. And they tell you the progression. The detectives themselves tell you the progression. This was all a lie. They didn't just start beating the shit out of people. The police. And sit back and say... No, that didn't happen, or he beat up an innocent man. So let's continue with what he said. So from Vox, it wasn't my best punch, but it definitely wasn't my worst, said Filzon. After further threats, Fulzon says, he lunged toward the informant, who cringed away from him threw his hands up in a cross and stammered out, Richard Ramirez, Richard Ramirez, Richard Ramirez. Okay. Um, uh, bullshit. Uh, not bullshit that it didn't happen. But he lunged toward him. Yeah, he was going to beat the crap out of him. He'd been searching for this murderer of 30 people for a year. And this guy was hiding the identity this guy knew what he did by the way this is important because the fact that this cop punched this suspect is going to come up three more times in this article i'm not kidding threw his hands up in a cross oh really a cross so this guy who was by the way a fence for richard ramirez this guy was a criminal is now holy because he threw his hands out in a cross. Think about it. It's weird. Okay. So continue on with this idiots. <sighs> yeah. And I'm probably going to get banned from Twitter, which you shouldn't follow me anyway. But I, because I sat back and I sent him a rather um, descriptive Tweet, as Falzon repeated the name, the music swelled and grew more ominous. The episode cut to the docuseries cliffh- cliffhanger and credits. And all I could think was how terrified this person must have been of the police. He should be terrified of the police. He's hiding the name of a serial killer. Okay. So, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's talk about this. Um Richard Ramirez murdered. He was convicted of murder. Of I think it was uh, I'm 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 going to read this to you from He was convicted of 13 counts of murder. He was convicted of 5 counts of attempted murder. He was convicted of 11 counts of sexual assault. He was convicted of 14 counts of burglary. And all of this terrified a community. Now, here's the thing that you're not going to hear. And you're not going to hear it from the talkie series. Um, Richard Ramirez kidnapped girls under the age of 16 and raped them and sodomized them. Here's something you're not going to hear from the docuseries. He broke into houses, and if those houses had a little boy, he sodomized the little boys. And we're talking as young as eight. This is not a good guy. If I'm a cop, I want to catch this guy. And if some fence felon decides to say, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit back and <coughs> tell you his name. Here's a new slash. He's lucky I'm not the cop. I would have done a lot more than punch him in the face. And by the way, the cop said he he admitted he punched him in the face. And he admitted he lost control. But that's not the point of this whole thing. It's all about narrative. So let's continue from the Vox article from this idiot. On the one hand, the production must have felt it would be satisfying to deprive Ramirez of some notoriety. To some extent, it is satisfying. In particular, it's inspiring to hear from Ramirez's survivors, including one couple who narrowly escaped their brush with Ramirez. And one victim who was assaulted by Ramirez when she was a child. Um, um, she was kidnapped, raped, sodomized over and over again. So yes, I'm curious about that. Continuing, seeing her declare with certainty that she, she's fine feels like ultimate victory over Ramirez... By the way, I didn't mess up that quote. That's what he said. Continuing, But Ramirez's life arguably fits into the conversation (coughs) about the cyclical nature of abuse and the cyclical horror of war, each a form of trauma. Oh, wow. Okay, we're going to get... Okay, There is a huge thing. Let me finish this. Likewise, a more thorough examination of Ramirez's action in the context of Satanic Panic would have made a fascinating discussion within the series, had it been handled well. To what extent Ramirez responding to the Satanic Panic of the era and to what extent he was acting independent of it but still becoming part of a larger societal hysteria. These are the themes I have, I have loved to explore. Okay, um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, Ramirez had a rough life. That's great. Uh, he murdered, um, he was convicted of murdering, how many? Let me look it up again. Oh yeah, 13 murders. He had raped women sodomized women. He had raped girls, little girls, sodomized little girls. He had sodomized little boys, which is rape. I don't give a damn what he thinks. I don't think we need to sit back and say, well, society made this guy. And by the way, this never is discussed by this idiot. But you know, here's the thing. Yes, he had a rough life. He had a bad he had a bad father. He had a bad mother. His uncle was a Vietnam vet. That's what they're talking about. His Vietnam vet father had done unspeakable horrors in Vietnam and explained it to Richard. And so what this guy is saying is we should excuse it because um, his uncle told him things. What? What? This guy was murdering people, raping people. He had murdered people with guns, he had murdered people with um uh axes, he had murdered people with machetes, he had murdered people with hammers? This was not a good guy. This was not a good guy. Why do they make this guy into a victim? But that's part of the narrative. The criminal is the victim. This is the thing. Okay, let me continue. The absence of Ramirez from his own story wasn't that confusing to me because I could see the Night Stalker, what the Night Stalker was trying to do. But it was confusing to other viewers I've only spoken with many of whom were totally unfamiliar with the Ramirez's story and unnaturally expected to learn about the titular of a serial killer. Okay, that's kind of disturbing, so we need to learn about what the serial killer was thinking. Okay, let me finish this statement and then I'll get to that. There's an obvious argument to be made that, quote, understanding the mind of a serial killer is too often used to justify overblown, glorified serial killer narratives. You think? Sure. But we also need to understand the minds of serial killers as well as the societal and personal circumstances that can lead to criminal behavior. If we're going to fully understand the criminality and attempt to rehabilitate, oh ho, Rehabilitate potential offenders before it's too late. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, if you are a serial killer like Richard Ramirez, I don't think it's a good thing that I understand you. Because I don't want to understand you because it means I'm like you. We can't understand people like Richard Ramirez there is no rehabilitation like for people like richard ramirez this is why the death penalty is a good thing because these people serve nothing societal there is nothing we could gain from richard ramirez because the people who are going to be studying him don't understand in the first place and they'll never understand he's a sociopath he's a psychopath he's insane he, he's going to give nothing. He can never be rehabilitated. But forget about the 13 people he killed. Forget about the tens of people he molested, raped, sodomized. It's about Richard Ramirez. And what it's going to come down to, it's about society. It's about society. Society is bad. Okay, let me let me read on on this load of bullshit by Aja. Perhaps it was Carrillo and Salerno seemed to do good police work, even if it, the clue that led to the killer came from a Northern, Northern California citizen who apparently got punched in the face for his good deed. The Northern California, quote, citizen, end quote, wasn't a citizen. He was a fence. He knew what Richard Ramirez was doing. He didn't care. And by the way, he did not report Richard Ramirez. His girlfriend who get, who he received a diamond bracelet from one of Richard Ramirez's victims was given by this fence. So it's bullshit right off the bat. Again, that's the second time he says this. Continuing We need to dedicate, uh, we need dedicated police officers who have a positive relationship with their communities. Whenever cops do good work, work that truly serves the public, that moment feels like a victory. It comes with deep relief and pride in the justice system for functioning as it should. Here's a newsflash. Do you know what the justice system could have done? Catch Richard Ramirez. Um, I was in Los Angeles in the 80s. I remember locking doors, locking windows. I remembered the fear that this caused, and it's gonna get, it's gonna get better. Okay, let's continue. But herein lies the difficulty of being a true crime fan. We have to recognize that police officers, as a group, perpetuate an inherently flawed and racist system of justice that fails people of color in marginalized communities. Far more often than it serves them, we can never lose sight of the reality that for every moment when cops and community are in harmony, there are countless others when the police force is the oppressor, and cases like Ramirez's are often used as an excuse for police to crack down on uh, crackdown and enact. Violence on people who aren't serial killers. Yeah, that's true. But um, um, when people are protecting serial killers, should you crack down on them to protect? And by the way, the communities of color that they keep talking about, um, uh, I was in there and I seem to remember that it was communities of color about 50 of them, that beat the living shit out of Richard Ramirez when they caught him because of the investigations the policemen did. The policemen did not find Richard Ramirez. It was the community of color in Los Angeles that found Richard Ramirez. And they did not hug him and love him. And and say, oh, you know, that you're a great guy and blah, blah, blah. They beat the fuck out of him. To the point that the police had to create a perimeter around Richard Ramirez because they thought that the public, people of color in East Los Angeles, thought they were going to kill him. And they didn't want him killed. They wanted him to face justice. Okay, I'm continuing. Night Stalker doesn't acknowledge this paradox at all. It shouldn't. The purpose of the documentary was to show how the police actually caught him, how they identified him. It would have made a lot more interesting story than us trying to look into the mind of someone we're never going to understand. And by the way, they had a ton of interviews with Richard Ramirez. He's not He's Absolutely crazy, worthless a society. Let's call it what it is. Continuing. Instead, it retreats uh, Carrillo and Salerno as like demigods. By the way, Carrillo is a person of color. It approvingly lets a cop talk about punching an informant in the face. That's the third time that was mentioned in order to get the identity of richard ramirez a man who killed 13 people raped untold numbers of people sodomized untold numbers of people stole killed i mean uh, uh. it approvingly lets a talk a cop talk about pun- and by the way the cop thing uh, disrespectful talk about punching an informant in the face and edits it like pivotal, satisfying triumph, rather than a horrifying example of police brutality. By the way, the police officer who punched him said that he lost his temper. He said that he shouldn't have done it. Um. Yeah, Aja forgets that, and that's strange omission. I mean. It wasn't an omission. He admitted it. I mean, it's dealing with the LAPD in the 80s, perhaps most notoriously racist police force to exist outside the LAPD in the 90s, undermines the Night Stalker's effort to exercise the bad seed at the heart of its story, especially given the racial tensions between the police and the community, their communities that erupted across the nation in 2020. I'm wondering if the production team ever stopped to think about their approach to the police might be perceived. I don't care. They caught him. I they caught him. They caught him. And this this last couple of sentences, this is important. I want you to listen to this. Night Stalker is a reminder that building a true crime story around a non around the non-criminals isn't enough. Okay. So, is Richard Ramirez not the non-criminal? Is his fence a non-criminal? Are we seriously looking at thing at people and saying they're non-criminals? So, Richard Ramirez's fence who took the stuff that he had stolen while murdering people knew he did it he's not a criminal and by the way they lied already about this ajaj lied about this he said that no the the documentary never said he had called no he didn't he was caught it was a lie if this we're gonna get uh, We're going to go there. You need balance, and more crucially, context. For every narrative beat, especially because these are real crimes still sending ramifications and echoes throughout our society decades later. Okay, narrative beat. I'm going to get there. Those echoes are clear, just from the fact that so many people who witnessed and lived through the Ramirez story, like me, are still around to talk about it nearly four decades later. History is living and walking. Oh, there we go. There we go. History is living and walking. History and very occasionally still stalking among us. In the case of the nice stalker, that history deserved more careful attention. History is not living and walking. It's not. This is the point. This is the narrative. History doesn't live. History is not malleable. History does not walk around. History can only be changed by people. Hear that long pause? There's a reason for that long pause. History is history it happened that's it this podcast is a history that's it. it that's what it is today my day of walking or running three miles and things like that that's history it is what it is and it doesn't change tomorrow it's the same thing Richard Ramirez is history what he did he did that's it nothing more and you cannot now if you decide to change what Richard Ramirez did or you try to make excuse for what Richard Ramirez did that's fine maybe that's a sociological analysis that's fine but to sit back and say that history is malleable history is living and walking it's not History is what history is. History says that Richard Ramirez murdered 11 people, or uh, 13 people. He had five counts of attempted murder. He had 11 counts of a sexual assault. He had 14 counts of burglary. And by the way, that 11 counts of sexual assault actually was in the 30s. They just didn't do it because they didn't want to interview children. This is the narrative of the left. It is to make history into something that it's not. It's to make the police into something that's not. It's to make the government into something that it's not. And it's really sick. This is what's happening to our culture. And this is something that needs to be stopped and fought against so I sent Aja a little uh text message and I told him you're an idiot this was the worst effing article I've ever written and obviously you're 22 years old just out of wherever Harvard or wherever you went because you're obviously important that's why Vox hired you And you have no freaking idea what happened. Here's the thing. That guy that they punched in the face that was mentioned three times in this article. I would not have been really broken if they held a gun to the back of his head. And said, what is his name? That serial killer who is raping little boys in the butt. What is his name? I would not have been broken up for it. That's what the police is going. And by the way, in the beginning of the podcast, I sat back and I said, "Um, this is what they got to get his name. These are the steps they got to find out if this was the guy and to finally get his name. The police did a remarkable job to find a guy who, honestly, never left clues, never left fingerprints, was really meticulous in his serial killing. And for those who think that, well, we should have learned to understand Richard Ramirez, if you understand Richard Ramirez, fucking don't ever talk to me. I don't want to know you. You're obviously, if you're trying to understand Richard Ramirez, or you think you can understand Richard Ramirez, you're a sick puppy. You're probably going to be killing little boys. I I don't want to know you. There is nothing good that could come from understanding Richard Ramirez. Okay, that's it. I think that was Philosophy 101. You can follow me on... You're, I don't care Twitter patreon i I, I give up a uh, parlor whatever uh visit my uh, you can download or listen to this podcast on um, Apple podcast podbean podcast addict stitcher and YouTube you can visit my website at www.s talking politics if you want to read a a Josh uh, Romano's thing I think you should. I think you should. You should learn what these people are thinking. Read that stuff. Leave a comment. Leave a like. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.